also when we come to nada yoga it's a path that takes you to silence which is the origin of nada right uh, manolayam happens the the mind dissolves the mind needs something to focus on it needs uh, uh, an object of meditation it otherwise it is very you know distracted it keeps on jumping from one to another but in meditation we start with concentration like there are different techniques of meditation where you <clears throat> observe the breathing different energy centers of the body or any mantra or things like that right so in uh, nada yoga we focus on the anahata nada sound anahata nada is uh, the literal translation of the word anahatam is the unstruck uh, it 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 never breaks it never ceases once you start hearing its ongoing its continuous it was always there we never uh, you know noticed uh, because it's subtler same like the aura the chakra chakra sandal it's all there all the time it is there but unless you become aware of it and uh, you become uh, you know hypersensitive you are not aware of them you uh, until somebody guides you to those things you know we don't uh, see or we are not clairvoyance naturally uh, you know those things are not needed in a day to day basis right so same way uh, once you start hearing like in vipassana you know about sensations of the body goenkaji says uh, you know there is a sensation in every part of every single cell of your body at any given point of time all the time it is there but when we start to observe you know deeper and deeper uh, you start to become aware of that so it's just a expansion of the awareness the consciousness right same thing here so if you have noticed uh, if you go to very silent places you know no traffic noise no uh, like maybe ac running or fan something like that very silent natural places maybe like a forest or in say a cave or something like that naturally very silent place uh you start to hear that uh, something like uh, maybe like a cricket sound or something right so that is actually what you are hearing is the inner sound that is uh, from within that's not uh, outside of us but our ears are uh, naturally open right and our eyes we have the capability if you want you can close your eyes you can shut the locum right uh, you can turn inwards but uh, ears are naturally open uh, all the time you, you if you have to close you have to use your your effort to close them so that's what we are doing here using the shanmukhi mudra shanmukhi mudra is uh, did we do that last time no no we didn't do that okay yeah. uh, you might be familiar with the bhramari pranayama mm-hmm. right so in bhramari we plug the ears like uh, this out this muscle outside small muscle outside of that you press with the thumbs on both sides and uh, these four fingers index fingers above the eyelids the middle fingers on the nostrils ring fingers above the upper lip and the pinky fingers below the lower lip this is the mudra and these four fingers are very gently placed you don't press them but only the thumbs you press slightly harder 
so that uh, you shut off the external sounds. Not completely, you know, you still can uh, sometimes hear loud uh, sounds and all if it is there outside. That is fine. But good enough to listen to the inner sound. So that is the mudra. We are uh, going to do Brahmari Pranayama for some time. So using the mudra, Shanmukhi mudra, you will be making a humming sound. Humming sound is like, mm, you are uttering ma syllable with your mouth closed. Mm, like that. Okay, you can, then once you completely exhale, uttering the ma syllable, then take your time, no hurry, take a long, slow, deep breath in, full breath in, and again breathe, as you breathe out, you do the humming sound. Brahmari means the, the bee. So when it uh, rounds, you know, uh, comes around, uh, it makes the sound right, mm-hmm, like that, right? So same way, we'll be making that uh, sound when you breathe out. And then again, no hurry, take your own time, slow pace, long, deep breath in. Again, do the humming sound. Like that, we'll do it for seven times. Mm-hmm. Okay, we can start now. We can um, use the mudra, plug the ears, these four fingers gently placed. You have a question? I've been doing pranayama for a number of years. So I, uh, the way I've been doing is just also plug the nostrils a little bit and then the, the, the humming sound says inside, sort of, and the, and the nostril is also not left like lightly. Like, okay, okay. Pressure. Yeah, you can do the way you were, you were practicing, that's fine. But you you only uh, emphasize only on closing the ears. Yeah, the ear. yeah. Let me try over. And while you are practicing that, uh, you can uh, focus your awareness on the humming sound. Okay, we'll do that uh, seven times. Mm-hmm. 
After the pranayama, we sit with the eyes closed for you know few more seconds. Uh, so, what did you hear at that time when you stopped humming and when you sit with your eyes closed? I was going to ask you that <clears throat> the you know when you have this ringing in your ears, that's what keeps when you when I'm silent. I don't know why when I'm doing vipassana I don't hear it at all. Maybe mm. my focus is someplace else. Right. But when I yeah when I do this uh, type of pranayama or you know think of sound and then only that uh, that that uh, ringing in the ears is what is very predominant. Mm. So I, I I have a question. How do you how does one overcome that and hear? from within, you know. Yeah, there is nothing to overcome. Like you said, uh, uh, it is about what your focus is on, right? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, uh, one of the Upanishads, I don't exactly remember which one, but I remember uh, learning, uh, you know, the five sense organs, eyes, ears, nose, tongue, and the touch, the skin. Did you observe uh, all of them are on your face, on the head, right? Even though the skin is all over the body. Mm. So uh, these uh, five sense organs are just instruments. You know, it's just the, it's like a receiver. Mm. But what is it that is actually seeing what is it that is actually hearing, what is mm. it that is actually smelling, tasting and touching is deeper, much within, right? Uh, you can say the mind, even the mind is also jadavastu, the mind and matter, the body and the mind. Mm -hmm. uh, these both are uh, jada, they, mm. they are, the, unless the life is not there, the life force, the life energy is not there. They can, they don't function, mm. right? So that is what is hearing, that is what is smelling, that is what is tasting, touching. So this awareness, meditation is the path of awareness, any form of meditation. So when this uh, awareness is focused onto one object, that will start to reveal. As you keep on observing, it will reveal all, all the secrets by itself. It is already there. We have, we have not just, you know, focused on such aspects. That's all. All you need to do is just be aware and uh, like a witness, you simply sit and observe. Everything, all the knowledge is there within oneself. The Guru within will reveal you know, everything to you. Uh, so that is meditation all about. That's how all these uh, you know, ancient times, all these rishis have come up with all these uh, 
uh, findings of theirs, right? Rishis are the ones who sees, who mm-hmm. see the truth, the reality, the deeper realities pertaining to oneself and uh, in turn the universe. Mm. Yeah. Is that Keno Upanishad? I, I can't exactly recall. If you search it up, you say, I'm sure it might be there. Yeah, I got what you're saying. You're okay. right. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, this Brahmari Pranayama is a very good preparation to go deeper into the Nadi Yoga. Mm. We will take this journey, you know, step by step. I can tell you everything, what all you have to do and then, you know, uh, that may not help as much as we go mm. stage by stage, you know, discussing and practicing. Uh, that may be more beneficial, that's what I am thinking. Uh, you can also share your experiences and feedbacks uh, so that accordingly, you know, we can uh, modify the journey if needed. Um was a very intellectual people like reading watching etc etc all good stuff but that takes a lot of time so uh Padmaji is also very experiential but i'm not so i think what you say even if it's baby steps i would prefer not to know what to do exactly and, and, yeah. and also after the brahmari i mean it's not exactly it's just I, even when you're talking in between i hear like almost like an electric current, you know, if you're in a mm-hmm, space mm-hmm. white that is doing something, it's just going around my head. Yeah. So every single cell of her body is vibrating, right? Every point of time, every single molecule is vibrating and vibration creates a sound, right? So that's what in uh, Chagraja Kriti, uh, Chagraja says, Nada Tanu Manisham Shankaram. Shankaram, Lord Shiva's body, Tanu is body, is sound, it is Nada. That's why he is dancing, he is called Nataraja, right? So when, when we are talking about Shiva, it's about ourselves also, right? We are part of him, so it has to have the same quality, same characteristics. It's just for us to be tuned into that uh, kind of awareness, right? That's what all these techniques have. Shiva himself, he is the, you know, Adi Yogi, is the origin of all these uh, different types of yoga has come from him. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, sometimes. <laughs> Oh, the, we were talking about the vibrations, how everything is vibrating. Yeah. So, um, that, that creates sound. In that uh, article, you were mentioning about that uh, left specific line where it says the Guru in his uh, quote, I have posted, you know, every single cell of the body vibrates and it creates. Yeah. It's, it's so beautifully put there. Yeah, very yeah. beautifully written. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, our job is now to bring it to our own experiential level mm-hmm. rather than reading and intellectually understanding it, uh, to experience it. That's what we are uh, trying to. Mm-hmm. The um, one question I had about the, the practical aspect of uh, the Brahmari, um, it's a very uh, 
you know, the constant question. When I was listening to you, um, there was some subtleness about it. You know, I felt like, and uh, and and also um, you had a longer duration of the. It, it, it was there, but it was so subtle. Um, but when I am hearing my myself, um, I don't hear the subtleness, but I hear the. It's like when you go lower, and and then um, and also I felt when I was just listening to you. Um, Actually, I, I could feel that in my body, like when I just quietly I didn't do it and just listened to you. I felt as if uh, what you were, your the sound was permeating. Um, it, it felt like you were saying Om, that kind of went, you know, kind of like that. It surrounded you. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was uh, doing that, it kind of didn't rise up. It didn't engulf my body. It, I was it's like as if it was just resonating in the very lower part of my body. That's all. So, what is that you are doing that gives that feeling of like as if the whole body is, uh, you know, and you're, it's it was very subtle. It was soft and subtle, and for a longer time, like I had to do almost three or four by the time you finished one. And uh, so each time I saw a start something gets disturbed, you know, the starting. The, and when you are towards the middle, something happens. But when I stop and start again, th- that feeling goes away and it's like restart. So how do you cultivate? How did you cultivate what you're doing? So one thing is uh, the breath. That is what, mm-hmm. you know, how much ever uh, deep breath you are able to take. Mm-hmm. That's the duration of the exhalation, right? It's, mm. They are directly proportional to each other. So mm. when you take a deep breath in, make sure you take as much as you can. See, like taking a deep breath, I, I think now it is complete. No, I still can inhale, continue to inhale and fill the upper lobes of the lungs also. Take a full breath as much as you can without, without much, you know, effort or strain. Yeah. Uh, you have to take the full breath. Slowly, you know, no hurry to do that. Mm-hmm. No, not a breath in a, you know, it's not that one. <laughs> Take your time and slowly inhale as much as you can. If you feel like stopping, if it's complete, still try, you know, try to inhale more and then fill it up and then you start humming. And while you are humming, you try to listen through your right ear. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, that's what is suggested uh, in the technique uh, in one of the Upanishads about uh, Nada Yoga. Nada Bindu Upanishad is there. Like I told you, I am not able to find the text anywhere anymore. But maybe it will pop up sometime, someday. Uh, Nada Bindu Upanishad. Uh, I have read that from Divine Life Society in a Rishikesh. It's the Shivananda's book is there. They have an archives, but to go through all of them and find that it will be a you know, task. But since I have already gone through that, whatever I remember, uh, you know, uh, but it's, it'll be nice if we can find that sometimes. You might come across something else sometimes, you know, he, he is very authoritative in uh, all these things. He, he has written a lot of books about different types of me- meditations. 
and uh, nada yoga is one of them he had many nada yogis around him that parvati kar you saw that uh, video right yeah yeah the nada yogi the sitar player yes the saintly yeah 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 parvati kar my guru nitichedanedi used to mention to me about him when i was with him he used to tell like parvati kar is another yogi you you might you know come across him like that uh, but uh, recently only i came across his video never uh, rolled around so many times in the last couple of years it seems in some context or the other mm-hmm. so i coming across the same video or some i think some of his foreign students like westerners had done some right, right, right. there might be some videos of how his life or something like that like okay, a okay. something else. so that same thing has come up so many times mm-hmm. and that last year we took another yoga class with a younger person from rishikesh padmaji and i Hmm. So institute he is part of now the Nada Yoga Institute in Rishikesh. I think he had also mentioned that it came from Baba and then it came to this person's guru. So he was the third generation. Hmm. So I think in that context it had come up. So I think I had I had looked him up. So very interesting. I mean, of course, that's a name associated with Nada Yoga. So. Hmm. And then he was also a musician. So one thing I want you to be very clear in mind in this journey of ours together you know in search of uh, in the path of nada uh, yoga is that we are not going to work around in the periphery we will be very soon diving into the you know subtler aspects of it uh, so oh, thank you yeah music might not have a big role in this Mm-hmm. music is part of nada yoga uh, definitely you know that helps that refines the mind t- to a big extent like when you go to uh, any spiritual journey you you will come up, come across japa yoga right people start chanting uh, names there are different techniques different uh, levels of uh, or karma yoga you know some people bhagavad gita itself mentions about different techniques uh, different paths which all take you to the same uh, goal destination so you can take different routes uh, so music is definitely you know uh, helping you guiding you towards that if you have if you have that angle it can take you but it is not mandatory or uh, you know absolutely essential yeah you there, there are like uh, shortcuts that you can take or you can take the you know longer route it's all up to us our uh, our interest right when you're doing a journey how how you want to trek uh it's each individual's choice mm-hmm. yeah you you enjoy a lot of music uh, you know you want to sing you, you want to be meditative in music that's fine it's like you see flowers around the journey you stop by you watch the flowers you enjoy the you know uh, valley of flowers there in himalayas when you travel right uh, i think it's on the way to kedarnath you deviate 
so you enjoy such things but uh, your goal is not to you know get stuck there you want to keep going you want to reach where you want to go uh, so that's the approach we are going to take we might we might uh, in between sometimes uh, discuss or uh, some some practices or uh, some something related to music but uh, that is not our uh, that's all uh, like the preliminary uh, steps mm-hmm. uh, but we uh, might have already you know uh, outgrown uh, those stages uh, may not be needed for everyone so we can try you know if we, if we, how we can see how far it goes like that so uh, when you say nada yoga the mind immediately attributes to sound but uh, we have to substitute <laughs> that with uh, silence mm um actually the indika yoga one of the videos i was watching um i forget the person who was talking um he said he, he i think i sent it to you, probably our group um anyway he's that is the first video i kind of got the distinction between nada upasana and nada yoga he says very clearly nada upasana is uh, you know what you described as getting involved and through it you know experiencing maybe whatever but nada yoga he says does not have a bearing on uh, the musical aspects of that upasana yeah but i didn't know i thought many times i mean i i used to get confused i mean i, I had merged the two together mm-hmm. i thought you had to go to nada yoga through nada upasana means you do upasana on like vipassana i used to think like upasana and nada or music and then you go to nada yoga yeah they are all connected uh, of course you know uh, they are all good uh, at least maybe you know some naturally everybody is uh, inclined to music Mm. there are there are very rare people who don't like music they mm. are against music you know mostly everyone who has some refinement of the mind you know as at least have cultured the mind to some extent they will definitely like music any type of music or any type of music yeah so probably you can consider it as a device to attract towards the path of uh, mm. silence yeah. uh, yes yes that's a that's a good one yeah yeah so i think the learning of especially classical art forms tunes your ear much better to an external subtle sound for mm-hmm. instance then i think that becomes a tool correct to tune into a subtler sound inside right right once you start listening to the inner sound the subtler sounds deeper sounds in the meditation the sensitivity of the ears will uh, multifold mm-hmm. multiply you will start hearing when you listen to some music or instrument or anything you will start hearing sounds maybe like anuswarams we call it anuswaram in uh, carnatic mm-hmm. music uh, the semitones the very microtones are there which won't come to notice of a layman uh, listener only trained ears will even hear that sound 
and that too if you, if you are a music student maybe you will hear that only when the guru tells you say, see listen this is it this is what uh, how it should be then then only you start hearing that sound until then the brain thinks it is something flat mm-hmm. so yeah yeah the, I, he also suggested in that somebody asked a question what if someone is not musically trained then uh, you know how do you he was she, they, she was talking about upasana first mm-hmm. and then he says um no worries you just put the tanpura on and just listen to your tanpura and if you keenly listen every day for a set number of hours mm-hmm. and then you will develop all those subtleties that because it is uh, the tanpura is like that it will give you all the yeah yeah what i mean to say is and vice versa mm. right so in vipassana uh, Venkaji says, Sukuma se olari tak, which means from uh, gross to subtle. Yes, uh-huh. So, Nada Yoga is about from sound to silence, you can say. Mm-hmm. So, listening to, uh, playing a tambura, that's all ahata nada. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are, we are uh, set to the anahata nada. So we have to be very specific about uh, you know what nada implies here in our uh, from our uh, context mm-hmm. so and one the question i have uh, any teachers or spiritual teachers you listen to or you read about or from they say in kalyug naam sankirtan is what's going to be the savior so how, and then we also have settler sciences available so so naam sankirtan is for everyone and then some people can take more or naam sankirtan is an easy thing what was your thought on that it is about uh, what that particular individual person requires at that point of time to transcend that and go to the next level so that's why uh, need of a guru you know the guru because out of his experience and knowledge and wisdom once he sees a person he understands you know what he should start with when sankha in uh, disciples used to join uh, buddha for meditation for some people buddha give walking meditation for some people directly anapanasadi for some people vipassana you know uh, so what technique you have to follow depends on the individual and we ourselves might not be a very good uh, judge because we really don't know when uh, when a lay person go to uh, you know come into the path somebody who has trodden the path already he might be able to get you okay you come this way this is uh, this can easily take you but uh, you uh, if you go alone you might still reach but you might uh, miss the road you, your side road and you know maybe lost for some time walk from around then again come back That's so true uh uh-huh. mm-hmm. so but why do all the teachers keep saying kalyug nam sankirtan is the only thing 
Why don't they say for most of you, it's uh, Nam Sankirtan, but the, you know, there are people who can take other paths as well. Okay, Nobody such such gurus uh, who addresses, uh, who uh, such gurus who address the mass, there's a big yeah. group uh, following. Uh, that is the easiest way to bring them all together and, you know, get them towards uh, the subtler aspects. Japa Yoga is nothing less, you know, every step is needed uh, towards, you have to walk every step. Mm-hmm. You have to know the entire field, you know, uh, to know, uh, that's what Buddha says, the entire field of mind and matter you have to explore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, all that we have gone through, all that we have learned so far, all of them take you towards that. Every every step has helped you reach here. The preparation sort of thing. Yeah, you can say. Yeah. They, they are no way lesser own. Because of that only we are, uh, you know, at this. So, we don't think li- linear. Think, think of, a, you know, sphere, spherical. So wherever you are starting, whatever you have traveled, it's it's not a beginning or, you know, it's not, when you think linear, this is beginning and this is end, then this is much far behind, you know, maybe lesser or something like that. It's not like that. You put different points on the sphere, all the points together make it a whole sphere. Yeah. So wherever you make a point, all, all those are needed to make it complete, complete whole. Got it. So I pranic pranic healing has helped, Vipassana has helped, and music has helped. Mm. But at every point of time, the life brings to us in the spiritual journey, whatever comes to us at that point of time, that is more relevant and that's what something we need to explore. And then that is done and it just uh, drops off. You don't have to stick with it for the whole lifetime. Maybe another, uh, uh, you might explore another realm of the existence in another point of time in life. That that time you won't think that, oh, that the Nada Yoga was you know rubbish, it was foolish. Nothing is. That's where. That's where. It's all. It's all part of it. Yeah. That's fully understood. Mm. <laughs> Experientially. Yeah, another blog I, I read uh, that um, he describes very nicely the center and the periphery. He says how center and periphery are both so related. There is no center. Uh, without the periphery and without periphery there is no center yeah yeah so there's always and then every uh, every part of that periphery <coughs> is connected to the center there is no part of the periphery that's not connected to the center mm-hmm. so that's how he was describing all like exactly what you were yeah so i was visualizing that mm-hmm. that what i read yeah so mind the nature of the mind is dialectical, you know, uh, the, the duality. Mm. 
you can understand only in terms of center and periphery inside outside that is the language of the mind uh, but when you are set on a journey of uh, you know transcending the duality it's all one it's all part of the you know whole so for until the next week on a daily basis if possible i want you to practice this brahmari mm. uh, minimum seven times like how we did today or you can even probably do more maybe like 21 times uh and then next week we will uh, see the next step so there was a swamin southern california i know padma ji was very connected i just heard of him i never met him but they were connected oh yeah yeah so uh so he i think he gave this technique uh, of brahmari i think and uh and all focusing on your agya chakra and so there were these bunch of which is sort of irrelevant but i just got reminded of but then they have these videos of these children like very young children they'll blindfold them and there'll be people sitting around and they will say oh you're wearing this color mm-hmm. or even diagnosing medical issues and stuff mm-hmm. they cannot see this person nothing they will say oh you know i can see your you know your stomach has this your heart is having this mm-hmm. and that so it's very interesting that you know whatever you want to do with the same energy that you are creating with a certain action or kriya the all what kind of things are possible yeah, it's all faculties of the mind we all have those faculties you know we never tapped into them uh, not needed on a you know daily basis right so but to explore uh, to understand the real nature uh, the potential of ourselves it's good uh, you know if you take it as a transformative experience then uh, it's good to explore some people get stuck in the such things you know the siddhis they did right yeah. <laughs> that's right i just mentioned i was actually present for one of those sessions where the kids were on the stage and uh, anyway um, that's a different story uh, yeah in uh, that's what in yoga sutras patanjali uh, you know we are doing that study with the with that study group um, satsang and i like that um, like he emphasizes you will have all these siddhis um, but do not get distracted uh, yeah yeah some of these uh, siddhis will open up only when you are matured enough to deal with them you know uh, yeah. uh, you don't even expose uh, you know there is no requirement right just to show off mm-hmm. like i can do this that uh, that is not the purpose of the right. journey yeah 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 so let me also mm. yeah. sorry uh, you were going to say something I still like let it come and go you know uh, yeah. they are also they, they will also arise and passing naturally changing nature right right mm. yeah. and i also wanted to i am reading this uh, article over and over again that uh, i think on nadi yoga uh, i'm forgetting what's the title can you share that uh, yeah yeah but the uh, but now and on page 7 Anyway, I think we are too far away from that. 
but my mind keeps asking. Uh, you know, he he says uh, converting the nada and bindu into a single nada, and again blending nada, bindu and kala into a single nada, and thereby paying it attention with the utmost concentration is the true yoga. I just it went totally above my head. I was thinking maybe slowly when we are. Uh, you know, at least understanding a little bit. If you if you can parse those things, what is he trying to say over here? <laughs> okay, so uh, there is a treatise called uh, Abhidhamma, right? Have you have heard of that, right? Abhidhamma is a uh, book by uh, Lord Buddha, written by Lord uh-huh. Buddha. Uh-huh. So Abhidhamma is. everything oh, hmm? oh, okay. sorry i got it now okay apidamma uh, is everything about uh, the mind yes yeah you can say patanjali's yoga sutra is a miniature form of apidamma or uh, apidamma is an elaborate form of patanjali's yoga sutra you can oh, say really uh-huh. yeah so yoga sutra is all formulas you know small uh, yoga chitta vritti nirodha it's a formula So intellectually to understand to cessation of mind is yoga. It doesn't really make any sense until you are able to stop the mind. You know there is no mind until you experience that. So that is the technique of practice. So Abhidhamma is has divided, dissected. You know uh, everything the mind in very very like a. Uh, in like in a laboratory how you would uh, study every single aspect of the mind one thought has come you know the thought has subtler levels para pasyandi madhyama vaikhari right so when you go to the deeper where where has it originated from uh, where is the root of that uh, thought that has surfaced into the conscious mind it has much deeper uh, roots right from there he is able to explain everything in abhidhamma but if we read like you said it will all go above the head it won't make any sense to us until in the meditation the practice of meditation that's why theory and practice should go hand in hand theory is needed you don't have to completely disregard the theory and only practice you should know what you are doing you should understand that you should be able to explain it to you know uh, the sankha Uh, but uh, don't just become a musicologist you know you have to be a musician to uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah uh, actually goinkaji mentions in vipassana initially like he, he says there are so many levels of the mind but do not go into the mind just stay with the framework of your body you know and the sensation and first experience that Because he doesn't want to touch the realms of the mind. It is he said it is vast and right, right. It is very tricky. It can trick you. Uh, you know, we will think we are working on the mind, but actually the mind has taken you somewhere. Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. He says bring it back, bring it back, and start again. Yeah. I think it's also a, so, sort of a distraction and a waste of time. Some most of the times, because you know neither you're there nor you're here because. Mm. Mind has 
gone, not only gone a million miles ahead, also taken you a million miles away from what you should have been doing. This hands-on is more necessary, I think, than a lot of, not that we are doing that personally, but a lot of reading and intellectualizing. You start start Mm. feeling this ego saying, wow, I know so much. So, such good stuff. But don't know you from personally again, I'm talking about myself. Really I have so much work to do, even about music and all we keep talking and know everything about Drupal. I've heard people talk about it, the structure, this, that, but no inclination to sit and practice and you know, take it from point A to point B. So it's a lot lot of uh, hands on work which needs in many we need it in many directions that we have been touching upon. Mm. And one question, last time you mentioned um, Mahasatipatana, you said you had, so um, what is the difference between Satipatana and Mahasatipatana? Both are same only. Uh-huh. So um, in Sati's awareness, Patana is to establish uh-huh. in awareness. So yeah. main uh, difference in the two courses of Vipassana and Satipatana uh, in Vipassana 10 days course, you meditate maybe for 10 hours, right? In Sadipatana, yeah. you meditate for 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. But then it's a little shorter. Like you go on. I did one Sadipatana after several 10 days. Mm-hmm. But then instead of going on Wednesday, he asked us to come on Thursdays. It was like one day shorter or something. Yeah, it's only seven days or eight days, I think. Seven days and eighth day you complete. Uh, yeah, and but at that time I didn't see when I went. I went to only one Satipatthana, but mm. I did not uh, see the difference. Between, we were sitting with all the um, ten-day Vipassana students, uh-huh. new and old, and only the discourses were different. Okay. At that stage, I didn't recognize what the difference between that 10 day vipassana and the Satipatthana was. So I, it, that's why I was going to ask. It is more intense, that's it. Uh, um, uh, you try to maintain your awareness even during night. You you don't actually lie down and sleep the full time in the night. Yeah. You'll be sitting and you'll be still observing. You you get the rest, required rest for the body and mind. Uh, right. Maybe like for two, three hours, you might lie down and sleep off. Uh, but still, you know, the uh, observing the sensation, it will be happening in the subconscious mind because you have been doing that throughout the day. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's how so it that becomes. Was the, that is the idea of uh, Satipatthana. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh-huh. It happens automatically. You feel like, why am I not able to sleep? You know, because it just, you feel like you're continuing on. Mm-hmm. that. Because when you do 10 hour, 13 hour meditation, the Vipassana, just feels like you're continuing, but I didn't understand that. Okay, all good. Yeah, when you travel in a train for uh, you know two three days, even if you even if you get to your home, you still feel like you are moving in the train, right? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, okay. Mm. So yeah, momentum it gains a momentum, and the subconscious mind starts doing it on its own without uh, any effort from our side. Hmm. So now in this week's practice of Brahmari, um, how do we, what are the things that we need, uh, are there steps to get to the stage where you are or 
just practice the way it comes or how do we so one obstacle that can come during your practice of brahmani is when you hold like this your hands will start to hurt if you are not used to you know sitting like that so all these physical obstacles will be there first you know back pain something or the other uh, like that so that that's something that we need to overcome that's why you know uh, you practice hatha yoga you know asanas all those things uh, it's okay if you want to support your uh, elbows maybe keep some raised stool or something on either side just rest a chair or something and you can rest them so that you know that's not an obstacle you can sit for longer duration mm. so uh, whatever time comfortable for you you can practice and then another important uh, step is once you finish the humming you come back to the sitting meditation posture be in silent for some time also sit as long as you want mm. when you whenever you want to come out you can slowly open your eyes and come out of it so when you are just on the right ear yeah listen through the right ear that will be humming you focus on the right ear and after the silence also you focus on the right ear yeah yeah that's a good practice because uh, eventually when we get to the anahata nadam also that's what we are going to practice sound you might what's the difference between right ear and okay sound you might be hearing through both ears okay but you focus on the right ear mm. it's okay sometimes it's okay so sometimes your attention goes to the left ear also maybe you are uh, listening from the center sometimes automatically the mind you know does all these things let it and then whenever it comes to your attention you bring it back to the uh, try listen through the right ear mm-hmm. it's about the ida and pingala connection mm-hmm. like uh, left nostril when you breathe how it affects the you know the pingala and the ida right so in aloma viloma pranayamam the we are balancing the breath balancing the energies the ida and pingala are in helix shape uh, corresponding to the spinal cord so normally if we check one of the nostrils is partially open right so now right nostril is i think we discussed this last time no we didn't but yeah we have been exploring that for a while too so right nostril is more open means uh, my left brain is more active at this point of time after some time it will automatically change the left will be more open about 45 minutes uh it will keep alternating mm. so in yoga there is a technique say my left nostril is partially blocked now i lie on my right hand side like this it will slowly open up have you observed that have you noticed that yeah they can do a lot of swara yoga uh, it's not making yeah so in night during sleep that's why we keep turning sometimes sometimes we lie on the left side sometimes we turn automatically you know unconsciously you might be sleeping in the, you might be in deep sleep but the body makes these adjustments to balance the ida and pingala it has to be balanced by then only morning when you get up you will be fresh right
<laughs> On the changing of breath, I've I've come across many techniques, including put making a fist and putting it under your arm. Correct. Yeah. With the area which is open, <laughs> and one of the easiest one I found, I, a, a teacher in Taiwan actually, now he's in Australia, and he would just say, just uh, whichever side you want to open. You just bend your head this way and let that thing, and that turns out like you're anywhere. You can be doing many things. Right, right. about like for eating and stuff. They say when you're eating food, your right nostril should be open. When you're drinking mm-hmm. water, you're. So I follow a lot of those things. So I found that just the turning of head. It's a very subtle thing. Nobody needs to know to. Mm-hmm. I'm not putting a face or lying down or anything. So that that was the easiest technique uh, I found out for changing nostril. The breath will be naturally; it comes to a balanced state uh, during the samkhya times. With like the sunrise and sun. yeah, the dawn, the dusk, and the midnight and the afternoon, the noon. Yeah, yeah. These are the four samkhyas, right? Those are the times when naturally the body comes to that uh, balance. That's why all the prayers, uh, are, you know, the religious things, they ask to do it during the samkhya times. so many sciences india has offered yeah, it's just yeah. remarkable it's wonderful we'll do one thing uh, we have we have done you know a little bit of practice it's not more that practice it's just learning at this stage you already know still you know uh, we went through the technique of bramari and it was more of talking right we'll do just 5 minutes of uh, silently we'll just sit and listen to the sound uh after 5 minutes over i will ask you to open your eyes until then you can try to sit with your eyes closed and just silently observe the listen to the natural sound a lot of uh, talking was still going on in the mind what did you know was going on in mind for some reason all of a sudden i and then slowly um it went into just uh, i i i dove into vipassana mm-hmm. and then suddenly started hearing my heartbeat more than my uh my ringing mm-hmm. sound so but yeah i i none of these things happen when i'm just doing vipassana daily right yeah i just watch the breath and i I'm, not in this space at all mm-hmm. but there's something i have to disconnect the moment sound then either some music comes and also uh, you know this uh, chant narayana om namo that also was coming and i had to say to the mind to calm down and then go into vipassana to just watch my breath and then i started to hear my heartbeat pretty loud actually mm-hmm. so i don't know i yeah That's nice. <laughs> to hear that, uh, to just hear that Nada is going to take again. So the word Anahata refers also to the chakra, Anahata, heart center, right? Ah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So in Vipassana, once you start working with the chakras and all, uh, the heart is the chakra that you come at the end, the last one. Mm-hmm. 
do you uh, you know do you do any other type of uh, uh, you know Techniques. they addressed even pranic healing and they said you need to uh, you need to not practice pranic healing if you want to start the session with vipassana because I hadn't gone for a long time I wanted to go to the center so I had to fill a big questionnaire and I had to tell them I'm not a practitioner I just do pranic healing like that. Yeah. When I went deeper into Vipassana, there was a time when I even uh, stopped listening to music. I was completely stopped practicing violin and uh, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, maybe like uh, two to three years. Uh, then yeah, yeah, then later on slowly came back. Oh wow! So one small or maybe large question is, uh, you know, just coming out of what you just said. So all of us are grihasthas, right? And with, uh, I can only talk with myself by very lofty goals. And I'm nowhere. I'm, uh, you know, minus nine baby step, if I, if I may call it. So say something, you know, a little bit more profound happens in life. How do you actually, you know, you still have, I have kids who haven't gotten married yet. And I have, you know, in-laws and I have this and life, profession. How do you maintain this and that, you know, this wants to pull you this way and that wants to pull you the other way? How how do these two things stay together and you still remain sane? Everybody still sees you as a human being who can operate either way. Your insight can be calm in either situation. If this happens, great. If it doesn't, if a meditation practice doesn't happen because your day is very busy, it should become part of you, I guess. So just, you know, you understand what I'm saying. How, how do you maintain both life? Is it necessary or how do you do it? So uh, both are not uh, different, <laughs> you know. Uh, the way of looking at it as this and that is the nature of the mind, the dual, dualistic nature of the mind. Actually, this is that and that is this it's right here you know wherever you are in whatever situation we are at that point of time that is the best suited uh, atmosphere environment it is not against see we think as against because we resist sometimes if you just accept it as it is uh, it is definitely there to help you and support you if you are put it in a forest in a cave uh, you are not going to do this meditation as smoothly as uh, in your apartment, in your house right now with all these facilities and, you know, the fellow human beings. The vibrations uh, help uh, what you practice, it helps them also. They also benefit out of it. They also slowly develop some inclination towards it. They might not explicitly show it at the, you know, uh, initial stages, but definitely those vibrations reach them. At some point of time, when they are ready, also you know they they will also explore the inner uh, journey by themselves. You know when the situation is conducive for them. So don't take it as uh, something that is a hindrance in your path. We are all you know supportive system which God has given, life has given. Just need to have that trust. There is no better situation. There might be litmus tests, you know, you'll be sitting for meditation and something 
else comes up how how deep you are uh, anchored in your meditation how equanimous you are all these things might be tested take it as an opportunity to know yourself better okay my mind is getting distracted agitated you know it's getting restless so i have to do <laughs> do more practice and uh, yeah you know maintain that state so once you are in control of the inside you are in control of the outside also whatever is happening in our life is a manifestation of our thoughts right suppose uh, we have to uh, stop the class now and you know get up and stand and go outside first it has to come as a thought in your mind then only the body follows right so everything is like that uh, the house that we are living in it was a thought in somebody's mind it was an idea in somebody's mind then it manifested as a physical form so whatever is happening it's all uh, our own manifestation of uh, thoughts only the life outside is uh, you you created it and now uh, you know uh, we need to accept it it, it is fine yeah you're totally true i can tell you <laughs> <laughs> i've lived for 40 for 74 years and asked many questions like this now i i'm recognizing um you need to integrate everything yeah embrace and integrate and just take one day at a time and if you ask too many questions you know then you get confused about even today what you're doing where you are yeah yeah all these questions uh, everything will slowly settle later it's good to ask it's good to talk after some time all this talking will be you know all gibberish in the mind it's not good you you will realize this is not it and you know you will come to that silence within that's the time when grows to mavanam shishyos to chinna samshaya i don't have to answer your questions but your answers will be automatically your questions will automatically dissolve so we are, we are uh, trending towards that silence which has all the answers keep going <laughs> one step at a time yeah yeah what i hear a lot in my household is i have a very pitta tendency like i'm very go 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 fast you know do everything nicely and you know my body also sometimes takes a back seat my mind works faster and i try all these different practices because i have this inclination to explore and then i get out of that and i see something is not done correctly or something and i explode right and my husband has this constant thing what happened like you are the one who meditate and i don't and you are <laughs> i mean i'm much more than you right yeah. so the clap i'm thinking am i wasting my life and neither am i enjoying this nor am i getting anywhere in that and there is such a dichotomy i cannot take my practice any practice that i do i'm not a meditator as such but whatever i'm doing little bit is not translating into my life or it doesn't seem that mm-hmm. much so are the people who are actually just enjoying you know eat sleep be merry are better than you know <laughs> what am i doing at putting this it's a very common phenomenon in the people's life hindi mein ko hota hai ki na khudai mila na ve saale sanam na idhar ke rahe na udhar ke rahe 
nothing, no God, no no material life, you know, you just like like no man's land, like kuch nahi, there be nahi, there be nahi. So if something gonna happen in this lifetime, you think? That's what yeah. I want to know. Yeah, so uh, these conflicts will be eliminated when we when the duality of the mind diminishes when we are able to see the oneness until then it will be there so we still need to work inside only you know to solve all, all these issues not outside you leave the home and you go to forest and sit you know but there will be other problems <laughs> so this is much uh, to be thankful for whatever we got So Brahmari is going to be the practice for this week? Yeah, Brahmari and uh, just 5 minutes of meditation with your eyes closed. Just, you don't even need to listen to silence or observe breath or anything. Just simply sit whatever happens, let the mind do. Uh, just observe, just be a witness. After the Brahmari, just close eyes closed and just as long as you want. Don't uh, put any specific time. whenever you want to come over maybe it will be 1 minute maybe it will be 5 minutes maybe 30 or 1 hour 30 minutes or 1 hour right uh, whenever you want to come out you slowly come out gradually come out that's what we will do for the rest of the week until we meet meet next so when when you're doing the brahmari and sounding humming that also you need, you hear it from your right ear yeah yeah yeah, yeah. as a practice we will uh, from right from now we will uh, do that there is nothing wrong in listening through the left and sometimes the mind wants to listen from the left it's okay let it again bring it back mm-hmm. don't don't force or fight with it mm-hmm. just effortlessly and easily so when we were uh, we just did the challenge you know sitting Like my my issues are more uh, you know uh, technical I guess so when I do this and I'm trying to focus it seems my instead of my you know your eyes also want to move where you want to focus it seems whether inside or outside so it just seems like okay I want to stay focused on this and listen but then my it seems my whole vision inside starts shifting this way and that kind of is you know bothersome that mm-hmm. everything the breath comes from center and then. you your sound is not coming from here anymore then your eyes start moving this way so is that something how that happens or is it yeah that is like a natural uh, thing eyes where wherever eyes go naturally you know the the focus attention goes there yeah. so even now anyway it is your eyes are closed you are not keeping them open so it doesn't matter don't bother about it uh, let it go to the right side if it wants uh listen through the right sometimes if it comes so that's what i said you know just leave it to natural sometimes if we effortless yeah right now uh, that is only during brahmari brahmari it will work during brahmari to focus on the right will work uh, you are just placing this fingers over the eyelids also so if it goes to right it's fine nothing wrong in that but after that when you sit in meditation uh, you don't need to do anything you don't have to focus on anything or uh, uh, you don't even try to stop your mind let it think just simply sit that's it
זה הסן.